Hi, everyone, and welcome back to RPG R&D. I am one of your co-hosts, Jess Geyer. I am one half of Wannabe Games, and I design TTRPGs. And I am here with my co-host, Craig Campbell. Hi, Craig. Hi, Jess. Uh, yeah, I'm Craig Campbell. I'm the owner of Nerdburger Games, and um, I design and publish tabletop role-playing games as well. And we have us with here, uh, have, have with us here today, geez. <laughs> That was some syntax. We could could go back and fix that. (laughs) uh, Our guest today is Pete Petrusha. Hi, Pete. Hi. So I guess this is my turn, right? It is. Yeah. I am also a game designer and RPG publisher. Surprise! Uh, My brand is Imagining Games. (laughs) And um, what else is fun to say? I write for Gnome Stew occasionally, a GM blog. And... um, yeah. Okay. Let's cut it there. <laughs> we'll talk about the rest later. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, we are going to be talking about two fun topics related to games today. Craig, what are they? Oh, uh, well, we talked about convention games a little while back, which is a very specific kind of uh, set of, you know, set of parameters to deal with when you're running a game. And we're going to talk about um, FLGS games, favorite local game store games, running games at your game store. And uh, there's, I think, probably some crossover uh, between the two, but also some unique aspects to running at uh, somebody's business because everybody remember, remember GMs first and foremost, it is a business. They are trying to conduct business. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Like uh, what are some good things to keep in mind if you're going to be running a game um, in the midst of somebody trying to sell stuff and, and people coming in and asking questions and all the specific types of activities and noise that happen at the game store. I actually got back into playing TTRPGs after about a year hiatus because I went to my local game store because I played D&D was like the game of choice, although we played lots of different things when I was in high school. When I was a senior and I left to go to college, I was away from my gaming group and I didn't have anyone new to play with and I had made friends and stuff, but you know, I was busy with college life and all of that. And uh, one day I decided, you know, you know, if I want to go find a new game group, I'm going to go to the game store. I'm sure I can find somebody there. And uh, that's how I met the people who got me into game design in the first place. So thank you to my, <laughs> my local game store in Fort Wayne, Indiana. A, a store, store that I cannot it? remember the name of right oh. now. Off the top of my head. <laughs> we'll Google uh, it Because they closed. They closed. Uh. Um, and yeah, uh, but they, they were close to my college. And I was like, okay, if I can walk here, then I'm set. I'm golden. Yeah, so um, that this reminds me of a couple of things that I do, right? So I do, I run a lot of convention booths and uh, I do, uh, one of the things I did with uh, Games on Demand is I would do a lot of local store, like game store events. Now, of course, this is mostly pre-COVID. So post-COVID, we're in talks, but it's been kind of hit or miss because you got to rally the troops again, <laughs> you know, try to get everyone back. But yeah, uh, kind of like just like what you mentioned, I was a game store rat. Like my teenage years, Magic the Gathering brought me to a local game store. Um, in Northwest Indiana, we had a place called City of Atlantis, and uh, there, playing Magic the Gathering and waiting for other people to show up to play Magic the Gathering with, I would hear and see other people role-playing. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't know what they're doing over there. They're throwing dice. Uh, it, it was very traditional gaming that was usually D&D, very party-oriented. I often didn't hear character names. I heard, I'm the fighter, and I'm the rogue, and I'm the wizard. But occasionally, I'd be sitting there waiting for someone to play with, and I would get recruited because I was just sitting around doing nothing, and somebody had to leave. I could be P 
Pete the fighter or Pete the wizard. Um, but that love of game stores has always had me feeling like it's a, it's a great, wonderful hub for people, especially young people, uh, something to do, it's activities, it's community. Um, and it's, it's a great place um, to learn and find a whole bunch of new games as well. So um, when I go to game stores, I'm always looking for ways to bring people in because I, I remember how important that was for me as a high schooler and how I like as an adult, I looked back in my life and was like, I was good at running games. I should try to do that again. Like these are great experiences that multi you are too. Should mm -hmm. get out of a, a community. Um, Craig? Well, I mean, I, I have not played a lot um, at game stores. My, as long as we're sharing my first game store was Napoleon's. Um, on yeah. the east side of Milwaukee, and it was like a true old school game store. Half of it was our role playing games, and half of it was like war games and minis. Like you could you could see Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, like <laughs> the ghosts of them walking through there because it's like they started over here and then they made a thing that goes over here, and uh, they didn't have play space. That was just like that, you know. But it was also you know a few blocks from a college, and that's where I started playing. You know, I just think that like. The, the, the game store thing is like, if they've got the space for it, that's usually, that's what it's there for, right? They're, they're, they're inviting you. They've got tables and chairs out there. They want you to come and play because it creates activity. It gets mm -hmm. people in the store. It gets the potential of purchases in the store. Like, you know, a game store, um, hopefully that has space like that set aside is going to be welcoming. Mm -hmm. um, and so in kind of in uh, respect of that, um, if, if you are as a player or especially as a GM, cause you're going to be kind of leading the way on this is to be respectful of what they do. And if they have organized events that are going to happen and take those tables, don't try to come in and wedge yourself in there to play a game at that time. Like know their schedule, work around that, work with that, talk to them about promotional, like how can you uh, attract other people to come in? If you're doing stuff where you're like, just kind of taking whoever shows up at the table, if it's not you know, if you're not showing up with a group that's going to play every time and, and be respectful of it as a business and make mm -hmm. sure that you're not, you know, you're not preventing people from doing their jobs. Like don't uh, monopolize the time of, of an employee with questions and things. If you can, you know, avoid it, try to make sure that you're not keeping them away from, from doing what they're, you know, kind of do. Cause if they, if they can't keep the business going and keep the game store open, then you don't have an FLGS or at least that one to, right. to go play the games in. There have been so many game stores that I would start to frequent and then would get closed down because it's hard to run a business. Uh, even if you have a booming Friday night magic or, or anything like that, it, it's hard to run a business that is kind of specialized in that way. When you have companies like Amazon that you can buy your magic cards from or Walmart or, or wherever else um, it's, it's, really important to support your local businesses. I've always found uh, that they have been like the place where I can go if I know, like I wanna get back into gaming, I don't have a solid game group at this moment, or I don't have a place where I can like bring people and we can play games together. I can always find that space at my local game store um, and find people to play games with. Um, I've had success saying to like approaching the people who run the stores saying, hey, I noticed you don't have an Adventurers League, for example, right now. I can commit this amount of time every Sunday or Saturday, whatever, and I'll, I'll be the GM. You advertise it, um, and I will run games at your store, and people will come in and play. And, and, buy, and buy games. And buy games, too. <laughs> and 
a perk, don't expect it, but a perk is often I've been given the books to run said game, uh, which, which has been nice. Cause you know, if you're, if you're running a game, not as an employee of the store, you're probably doing it on a volunteer basis, uh, but getting a little bit of store credit is nice. Um, it's a nice exchange, I think, to play a game that you enjoy anyway and would be doing anyway. I didn't have a store, though. I didn't have a, a game store in my hometown growing up. We had to drive 45 minutes, 45, 50 minutes to the nearest game store, which was yeah. cost prohibitive and time prohibitive for me growing up. Especially when you're young. Like, how do you get there? <laughs> you right. know, like, um, I think, you know, one thing that was really important that everyone said here is, right, like building community for a game store is, is like content for a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, they need reasons for people to come into the store and to hang out there and to appreciate the location and the place for what it is as a community builder, um, especially in the day and age of social media where they're fighting for that, <laughs> that position because now they're being competed with in social groups, which are just mm -hmm. on Facebook. Um, and they can't beat the prices that Amazon can set forth so their content is giving you a hub, providing you a community and by providing, fostering it, right? I mean, they can't, they don't make people, mm -hmm. right? So the, the best, they want you to be a part of their community. Um, and like Craig said, it, it's important. Well, and Jess, you mentioned this too. Every store has a moneymaker. Like they have what it is that's their primary seller that keeps them afloat, that brings them in money every month. Many of them are, you know, see certain items like board games supplement this, but usually the model is like I'm a comic shop that sells board games and other mm -hmm. things. Uh, Magic is supporting me right now, but we, we've broadened into tabletop role-playing games. It's very rare to find the shop that says tabletop role-playing games are what are killing it at my store and what mm -hmm. support me. So it's That's important. That's since the 90s. Like Craig said, to, uh, you know, to be mindful of what else they're doing because they have a bread and butter and what you're doing is important to them and they want to foster that too. But it, it's, they have like, they have many hats that they're wearing, right? So mm -hmm. um, I, I have found a lot of people who try to run RPG events in stores sometimes not turned away, but feel like let down. <laughs> and it's, and you have just have to recognize what their business is. Like, what are they going for? Where do they, like you were to run D and D on Friday nights. They're like, that's magic night. Yep. That's the only night. I really just cannot have you doing it here. And if you're here, you can try, but like, I can't give you any space. And that's not them being mean or rude. That's just them being yeah. truthful. Like, don't be entitled. Yeah. Don't, don't come into one of these stores being entitled to just because you're a customer. They, you're not the only customer. You're not the main character at the store. Um, and, and that's, that's pretty important. Sometimes you run into it at local game stores, somebody who does think that they are the main character at the store because they're <laughs> there all the time and they, they spend money there and everything too. Um, and I, I don't know, this is kind of a little bit off topic tangent, tangential to what we've been talking about, but <laughs> this community thing, I am, I, I present as a woman I, I i walk into a game store and you can feel just from the vibe when you walk in whether or not this is going to be a space that is safe for you or whether it is going to be a spot that is going to be toxic for you and um the the community that you can bring as a gm uh can be really important to fostering a better safer nicer environment but uh, 
it has to already have a positive vibe there already. Um, the people who, who hang out there and, and how they treat you and the expectations they have of the other people who are coming into the store uh, can, can make it a place there. You should probably avoid it. Um, you, you can't change the entire environment of a game store just by your own presence. Um, and I would really, really want to warn, especially like young people, queer people, women, um, and, and other people from marginalized communities that it's, it's not like at a convention where there's lots and lots of types of people there. Uh, there are lots of local game stores that have a very exclusive community. Um, I'm trying to say that in as, as unbiased <laughs> terms as possible. So uh, yeah, I just, like I mean- Maybe like they have a click. Yeah. Right. And it just may not honor uh, levels of diversity or different people, groups of people, because it just, a lot of times it's just the first group of people that amassed and became the, the, the people there, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't thought through, it wasn't planned, it wasn't organized. It was like these five people over time became our regulars and now they all hang out in game here. But unfortunately, they also are the role models of what mm -hmm. people can expect when they come here now because they've become the norm. And they might feel threatened by a new presence or any kind Can of new be, change. Yeah. Yep. Um, that has been, it's been rare in my experience, but it has happened to me where I've walked into a store. I've taken note of how people look at me and treat me and talk to me. I, and I don't hang out at places where they are going to talk down to me and condescend to me because I look the way that I do. And it, yeah, it's just, that's not worth my time. I'll, I'll go spend it somewhere else. I live I'm in a, a huge city now. Why so, would yeah. you go there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, 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 I want to, there are definitely horror stories, but I've had so many more good stories though. I just, it's just like the, the horror stories can take up a lot of mind space. It's just like Facebook, right? Like right. you can have a group of people and everything can be great. We have a wonderful conversation and then somebody speaks up and they say something that just makes everyone want to turn away, <laughs> turn around and walk away. Yeah. And, um, that's an interesting conversation too, because game stores are a place that have a long history of being like for the wayward soul, right? Like role-playing games have a history of being for outcasts and loners, um, the socially awkward. Like we have a history of uh -huh. people from these groups um, and the game store, there's a reason why we called it a nerd hobby long before nerd hobby was a badge of honor. You know, um, there's uh, especially the eighties, all the uh, mazes and monsters and bad press, um, <laughs> but it has built a lot of climates in these places and atmospheres um, that are very locked into who they are and what they do. And like you said, it can become very defensive very easily, mm -hmm. um, kind of because it was socially conditioned in some ways. But I mean, every store, I'm, this, I'm talking in generalities. I mean, that, that goes for some of our longer, older stores, but not necessarily for your new ones. Mm -hmm. um, it is really hard because you walk into your local game store and it doesn't look like your conventions. You know, it doesn't, it's not diverse. It's not uh, full of... Um, a bunch of different people of color and age ranges. You know, I mean, a lot of times I go in and it's like everyone's 40 and older mm -hmm. and then I come from a convention and I'm like, man, people, it's like 15 and up, you know, I don't see any of that here. Um, and that's a lot of difference in expectations too. And I think the exception to that is the Friday Night Magic. Friday Night Magic seems to always have attracted at least the last several times I've been there. Lots of different ranges of ages and, 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 and gender and, and, uh, ethnicity like 
I don't know there's something about Friday Night Magic that makes it feel almost more like convention style since so many more people come in uh but you know your your FLGS is the it's it's going to look like the people who are around it can quite a bit yeah just speaking to what you were just talking about is as you know if you're going to GM and run a, a game you know if you if if you're running a game for your group like you're not just running a game for whoever shows up like you're going to rather than running at your home, you're going to run at a game store is like, if you, if you have the opportunity, if there are multiple options, check out the different game stores, go at the time that you would like to play and see what kinds of people are there and see if that's going to like, okay, is this the right environment? Is this the, you know, find, find the the game store that's going to um, be most comfortable for you and for your players as well. Um, do that due diligence on behalf of your players. Um, especially if you have players in the group who are women or LGBTQ or people of color, it, it will, you know, make them happier, like just a better experience for everybody. And if the game store is kind of fostering that, it's also going to like the, the, the owner and the employees at the game store will like you for bringing in people that are like-minded and are kind of like, well, yeah, we're all, we're all going to get along here because everybody's kind of on the same page with all that sort of thing. So, you know, do the research if you can, if you have options. I was thinking about some of the benefits, right? Like one of the things we haven't talked enough about are some of the benefits. Um, does anybody have any thoughts on what some of the, the major benefits are? Like, I, you know, one, usually they have food, usually yeah. they have drinks, they have yep. tables. It's a safe space. Drinks and snacks. Kind of. It's public. By safe, I mean, you know, like it, you can go there and it's probably free to go. Um, you can be in a space where if you're meeting a group on Craigslist or an ad or a flyer at the library or something, you don't have to, hi guys, is this the right basement? <laughs> you know, like, right. yeah. Well, it, it's, it's, um, it's safe in the respect that like, even if the people, the other patrons at the store aren't necessarily into your thing, they probably recognize it. They probably, it's not going to like, you're not going to have like to fall back to eighties tropes, but you're not going to be sitting down to play a game and have a bunch of jocks come rolling and be like, what's this going on here? Nerds. <laughs> like there's not, those people don't go into that store. If the jock that comes, if the jock comes into the store, it's because they're into D and D too. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, so it's, it's like you said, it's, it's public, but it's, it's a subset of public because it's the people that are going to go to that store. Um, you said you made the comment, you know, like they're going to have drinks and snacks. A great way to support the place is because again, it is a business is buy, you know, buy your snacks and drinks there. Um, don't like as, as tempted as you might be to sneak stuff, stuff in, if you, if you can, if everybody <laughs> can afford it, you know, spend the money at the store. You can tell them what you like too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they're happy to stop. What you like, like, yeah, if you'll buy it. You know? <laughs> um, like you they might you, buy it in bulk for you. You know, you never know. Like, exactly. Like you say, like my whole game group, likes this weird soda, <laughs> like that they wouldn't <laughs> normally stock, but we're going to, you're going to sell us a, a, a 12 pack of it every Saturday night. Mine was diet Mountain Dew and a Snickers <laughs> bar. That would be like my go-to, like when I would go there and play a game, I would get a diet Mountain Dew and a Snickers bar. And yeah, was it surcharged? Sure, sure it was, but I, they, the Snickers bar has never tasted so good as when I ate it at my <laughs> FLGS. Yeah, but every, every square foot of that store, it's a store. Every square foot of that store is trying to make money. Um, every six foot table with chairs around it is one less aisle and shelves of product that mm-hmm. they can sell. So if they've got a, if, if a store has got a lot of space dedicated, you know, they're still renting that space. There's still, you know, there's a lease, there's still money that's being paid to, to have that space. So let that space be profitable Buy your game books there when you can buy 
you know, buy new dice, buy, buy snacks and stuff there. You don't have to do it constantly, but do it enough that like you're helping be, be, yeah. be part of uh, their business and they'll love you for it. It's so fun too. Like I, it's like the equivalent of trying to find a date at a bar. Like you go to a bar <laughs> because like there are going to be other singles there looking to mix it up. Uh, you go to a, a game store and there are going to be other people there who want to play games and share that hobby with you. And you don't have to go travel to a convention to go find these people. And, you know, every time I've ever gone to a game store, I've never been upset if someone wanted to talk to me about a game because right <laughs> i'm there i'm there for that i'm yes i am at a game store you can bet your bottom dollar hold it, i'm hold gonna it, have hold. a nerdy nerdy hobby to share just just gamers like to talk about the thing they love the, the game they love they like to talk about their character their dice the the last adventure they like to talk about that stuff they do it's they amazing. do yeah, i love the idea so of the fun. gm meme too that you just made in my head of like the gm walking to his store looking for a date which is just players <laughs> you know players yeah, are a not game, romantic you know? i just want yeah. players <laughs> i wonder if i'll find any players inside you know like yeah. it's like pinky in the brain yeah. <laughs> be like a, a gming personal ad <laughs> yeah i just have i have so many good memories of like in college going to different game stores and like one game store have this big barrel of minis that they would sell for you reach your hand in there and just pull out random things and like oh i guess this is gonna be my this little lion guy this is gonna be my new pc and i'm gonna play my next game of D. &D. Um, like, like every, every store has its own little flavor too. And, you know, different kinds of community involved in there. And it's, it's just fun to be, it's always fun to be around people who like the same things you do, especially even though, you know, role-playing games and, and board games and stuff like that, it's more mainstream now than it was, you know, mm -hmm. even 10 years ago. Uh, there aren't a lot of spaces where you can openly gush and wax nerd with other people <laughs> i this seems like a good segue of the you know one of the things too is if you find yourself committed to a game store like everyone wants to come in do their one thing and leave mm -hmm. like we live in the twitter age right like i want to go scream at the void buy my stuff and then but i'm not reading anyone else's things <laughs> it's very easy to fall in that trend in life right like okay because we have everything kind of on demand but if you really want to foster a community and be a part of a community, there's a give and take. And, you know, sometimes the first thing that happens is you walk into a game store and you talk to the owner, you look at the schedule, you tell them about what you're going to do and how you're so excited. And maybe they don't reciprocate the same energy because you're a lot of people have done that and then never come back again, or they've done it for one day and then they fall off. Um, but like the second part of that too, is that like, participating in the things that are going on you know if you're there and you want people to play DD &D with you or capers or moon punk you might also want to then jump in and play a DD &D game or a board game sometime it it is a community and like mm -hmm. everything else um you kind of get out of it what you put in are you investing in these people and what they care about and what's going on in this store or are you just trying to use this for you know you because that at the end of the day, that's a big difference in what you're going to get back. Oh, yeah. Pete shows up. He comes here every other Wednesday. He runs his game. He buys nothing and he leaves. Sometimes he brings his three friends. Um, that relationship becomes a very different relationship than Pete and his friends come in, you know, every other week. 
But, you know, sometimes they're shopping, they hang out, they talk to people. Sometimes they hang out for an hour after. Uh, we play some card games once in a while. We bullshit about comics. Like yeah, they tell other players, they tell other patrons about what they were just playing. They recommend a game to somebody. Yeah. People ask what they're doing. They talk to them. They don't awkwardly stare them down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they they are open and accepting, and they don't take up all of the space. And and they're not snuff loud. Out all the oxygen, yeah. <laughs> they throw away their own garbage. You know, yes. They, they yes. don't make a mess in the restroom. But, but There's you're, the, you are a person a who, yeah. like we said, you kind of role model. Mm-hmm. You know, when people walk in everyone's seeing what you're doing and they're looking at you and are you making games look like fun and inviting things to do at this place or are you making them think wow i know nothing about what's going on over there and i if i look their way they shoot daggers at me and you know they're very cold and oh those are the people that come in here and play D every week but they never talk to us you know because that happens mm-hmm. like i don't know who those people are they never talk to anybody they must be mean or <laughs> you know like right. yeah it's not necessarily the case and, and know the movie rating of the store. Um, if it's a store oh, that gets point. like has a lot of comics, has a lot of kids come in and everything, maybe not the right place for you to play your like evil vampire game with your SM, you know, a <laughs> 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 uh, Tremere loving, you know, like uh-huh. SM loving Tremere character. I mean, that's, you know, yeah, play, play games that are gonna, you know, kind of keep the, the cursing and language and whatnot to a, to yeah. something that's you know people might just like hear from their <laughs> parents if they have nice parents like not just that they have you know parents that swear constantly um, but you know <laughs> it, it, like you know don't push it past like what your grandma would tolerate you know that kind of stuff um but but just be you know be be cognizant of what the culture of the store is like too like if if uh you know if if, if the people that run the store kind of drop the f-bomb every so often it's probably okay if you drop the f-bomb every now and then because they're not concerned about that but if there's a lot of kids or something you know yeah not not so much with the f-bombs please yeah and if you if you're ever concerned or confused about what the rules or expectations are that's like talk to the people that are you know running the store i i i think so often the people who are actually at the counter at the store are either the owners of the store or someone very close to them because they're typically pretty tight-knit communities it's not like again it's not a walmart where they have a bunch of you know people come in and leave all the time as their employees this is a small business um and it's usually run pretty pretty tight-knit someone will know someone will know what's expected or can get you in contact with someone who's does. There's probably only a few employees. They probably all know each other very, very well. And then when you get to hang out, you get to know who those employees are too. And, <laughs> and they're like, not necessarily your friends because they are at their job. Please remember that they're working. Uh, but but you can make friends um, and, and join that community too. They're probably working there because they like it more mm-hmm. than for the amount of money they're making. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's like when you get to work at a, well, <laughs> I'm going to age my, I was like, it's like when I got to work at a video store because those nah. don't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, no. You're like, oh man, it's so cool. I can watch movies all day. And it's partially true. I mean, there's still work. You're sweeping and organizing uh, videotapes, but you know, um, part of it is like the pay only matters so much. Like I enjoy the atmosphere and the people asking me for movie reviews. Um, The same goes for a game store or a comic store, right? They probably dig the content. Like they are happy to talk to you. They want to be around this stuff and hear about those things usually, right? (laughs) I mean, there's going to be some employees who it's just a job, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and 
usually it's easy to build relationships if you geek out over the same stuff. But I, again, don't I make them gotta, stop liking the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't make them stop. You don't be the guy. Oh, you hate miniature war games, but I love them. <laughs> <laughs> and we're the only two people here, and I got all day. Um, <laughs> oh man, I know that. I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> um, I, I love you. You can't leave. Yeah. That guy hung around at the game store, and the employees <laughs> couldn't go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't be that. But that's what I was talking about. Like, try, don't be the main character at the store. Like, yeah. like other people have lives going on too. Like, engage with them. You are not. You are not the only person there. Uh, people have other things that they want to talk about sometimes. <laughs> In stuff you do at the game store, whether it's running games, scheduling games, trying to get stuff on the calendar. Uh, again, just re- reiterating, like it takes time. It's an investment. Uh, those people behind the counter, um, getting them to help push market you know, schedule your stuff, tell people about it. Mm-hmm. They're more and more into that. The more they know you'll still be here, that you are actually running games, that you're doing the things you say you're going to do. And that, and especially if you care and invest time in them, you know, so mm-hmm. the stuff that's important to you, it's just, again, it's a long game. Like, uh, you know, um, what I would do is I have a lot of local game stores. So for me, one of the things I could, I didn't want to do was just focus on one when we would run our game events and we had a games and demand model. So I would come in, but we do like once a month, we'd bring like two to three, sometimes up to six game masters and everyone would offer two games and we kind of promote on social media and we tell our friends and we build a network with an email list and we try to get the crew to go to a different game store every month. So one, it's an event, two, it's free. We give away prizes and stuff, but um, players can come and they can see, wow, there's like 12 games here I've never heard of. Because we wouldn't offer D&D or Pathfinder or Shadowrun, the stuff that people already know. We're, we're just a variety of other stuff, which obviously everyone at this virtual table knows. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, when Cyberpunk was new, we'd offer Cyberpunk, you know, but the idea was just showing them there's more. And if they want to try something, that there's a group of people and we're all local, you know, we're within 30 minutes. And once a month, if you don't mind traveling, you could join us, you could run your stuff. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's a long game. Everything about it is a long game. Um, if you think that putting a flyer up uh, to find players for anything other than DD uh, or Pathfinder, um, it's going to be a trickle. And you just have to be prepared for that. Like, okay, well, maybe I get a new player every month, or maybe uh, in a few months we'll have a group, or, you know, but it's not, things don't happen overnight, right. know, actually. And don't, if your expectations are okay with that, then you're in a, a good mindset for it. Um, but over time, you and that, games to real click your events will draw more people your games will draw more people you meet other game masters um because not everyone's looking every day either so it takes time for them to find you reach mm-hmm. out sometimes people only looking for new game groups or new games when there's falls through um so there's also a timing thing you could see the same person six times and then they'll be like oh i know but now i haven't gamed in four months and i've been looking for something and i thought i'd try this out mm-hmm and we have a need-based thing, right? Because yeah. we can only have so many people usually. Yeah. Game groups are like five people or something. So, And uh, so a lot of great advice on not only GMing and, and building the relationship there, but, you know, building the community um, with, the, with the game store and with the patrons of the game store and the employees and the owner. How about we ship, shift to the, another community that game designers find themselves delving into one that I found to be incredibly intimidating years ago when I first started kind of designing stuff, even when I was first just like freelancing here and there. And that's like networking within 
the game industry as it were. And keep in mind, the industry is a very broad term for in what we're going to be talking about here. It's not just like, oh, professional game designers who make all of their money, who, you know, who earn their livings in game game design. They're, that That's a small group. I can count that people on two feet and, you know, two hands and two feet. <laughs> Yeah, not I, quite, I but close. I earn my electric bill. I earn my electric bill <laughs> in gaming. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a lot of freelancers. It's a lot of people who kind some some people who come and go. They might like do some freelance stuff here and there, and then they they don't for a while, and then they come back to it. Um, and it's also it's not just designers, but it's also artists and editors and uh, you know cartographers and and graphic designers, layout people, people all you know all consultants, all the people that you might need to have some sort of contact with. So networking, everybody, we have our little network of three. Let's talk about how we've handled or stories we've heard about networking. I mean, the first thing I'd say with Craig, like that's how everyone feels too, right? Like, I mean, obviously, yep. if you make games it's you love games and you're really deep in and you care you have some idea of who makes what which puts you a lot further ahead of most people who just play games right um so in groups of people in the game design community are small so it, it can also it's a lot easier to walk into a large crowd <laughs> right than it is to walk to a small table of people and be like excuse me are you talking about role-playing games i'd like to talk to <laughs> you um, look like nerds hello <laughs> <laughs> well and that's kind of that's networking right is that like you have to put your foot in somehow somewhere along the way you make yourself vulnerable mm -hmm. and you've we've all had rejection before in our life in some way or another so we're always a fearful especially from things we care about people we care about right so um I think that's very normal. That's so normal. We, especially when we as game design people put other people on a pedestal a bit, you know, and we're all normal and regular people and socially awkward and odd and like, oh, I'm sorry, are you looking at me? I thought you were talking to the person over there when you were excusing your way into the conversation. Um, just like, so how about you? Like, have you found, have you found tricks or tips that make it easier? Are there certain like situations that make it easier? Like, group meetings of some kind or gaming with people or oh it definitely like I really like my in-person spaces for networking um it's just it's a lot easier for me to be able to like sit and talk with somebody and like read their faces and everything like that um I you know I got my start like meeting other like meeting game designers because I went to a local game store and talked to people there and like that's kind of the first step is actually you know you have to reach out and talk to someone you can't be you can't expect all of the communication to happen to you you have to do the communication <laughs> such a good point yeah, yeah. waiting for it to come to you is just waiting for it never to happen exactly because right? like, everyone is waiting like it is it, it like you said you have at some point you have to make yourself vulnerable and that's scary to do especially like if you're new to the space and you don't have anyone else to kind of like be your buffer in that I, you know, I have, I've, everywhere I've lived, I've been able to find a group of people at least that wants to sit down once a, once a month or every tw twice a month to sit down and talk about their games and do play testing and things like that. Uh, and they'll, they do exist everywhere. Now, the problem is finding them. And luckily we have this great tool on the internet. Like there's meetup.com, there's Twitter, there are Discord, there are subreddits. Um, there are lots of different places to go find these things. But the problem is that there are lots of different places to go find these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of, uh, 
like Twitter itself, like that's where I hang out a lot on the internet. And it's like the worst place to do networking because Twitter <laughs> is designed for you, like you mentioned, to scream out in the void and then maybe someone will respond to you. You're just like blasting it. But at the same time, I love it when people comment on my stuff. So I try to make it a point to comment on their <laughs> stuff. I love it when people DM me. So I try to make it a point to DM people. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's like, you got to make sure, just like when we were talking about with cultivating a culture at your game store and a, and a community at your game store, you got to do the same thing in your online networking too. Don't just expect people to retweet you. You got to go retweet other people. Craig just totally made me think of you. Like, <laughs> I, I like really want to know if like, were there, did you meet game designers early on, like at a game store or a local community of some kind? Like, like the first game designers that I got to know were people who I was freelancing for. So I got to know a number of people at Wizards, Chris Sims, Chris Perkins, um, Bart Carroll, you know, just people, you know, so like I was, you know, having contact with them because I was writing stuff for them. And then when I went to conventions, I would sometimes but see it these was people. was a distance though. It was a distance. It was a yeah. distance. There was always yeah. a distance. Yeah. And it didn't, it wasn't until I, you know, would go to convention after I was kind of in that world a little bit. And then I would go to conventions and I'd get a chance to be like, oh, hey, Chris Perkins. And I, I go talk <laughs> to somebody and he would say, hey, have, Craig, have you met so-and-so? And that kind of happens. And that can happen like at a convention, but it can happen with, with the, with the golden age of, of RPGs, as we like to say, like that doesn't have to just happen at conventions. It's certainly, there's a lot more <laughs> um, uh, designers and, and, uh, RPG industry adjacent people that are going to be there, but it can happen at like smaller communities too, where, where people who are, like you said, at a meetup or at like a, a small, uh, like a small local convention or even a game day where there's like somebody that's just running their homebrew that like, I'm designing this thing and I'm learning about this. And you might learn something from them. They might learn something from you. You might turn, one of you might turn the other person on to an artist that does something cool that might be useful for you if, to use in a game. Um, there's a lot of different ways that can go. And like, I found myself thinking as you both are talking too that like walking up to somebody, like when it's in person, right? Walking up to somebody and striking up a conversation with somebody that you don't really know, you're asking them on a date for a little while. Yeah. You're asking yeah. them on like, we're, we're going to, it's going to be you and me for a little bit right here, right now, but don't fear because you have something to talk about. Like one of the yeah. toughest things that people might find with the dating, you know, just walking up to a stranger <laughs> to dating is like, well, what do I say after I say hello? Yeah. Um, you've, you've got that built in. You know what you want to talk about. Ask them about something they're working on. <laughs> They'll ask you about something you're working on. You'll both get really excited about it and you'll share this and that and the other thing and point to other people and point to cool game stuff that you're, you know, con you know, mechanics or genre stuff that you're toying with in your head. And you'll, you'll slowly build like a little rapport. You'll have an engagement like Jess was talking about. It's not just one-sided. And then all of a sudden you've got somebody like you'll trade business cards or Twitter handles. And like now that person can help kind of point you at another person. And it's, it becomes a spider web that just kind of slowly builds over time. It does. And you'll be surprised too, if you get into like the game designing communities, you'll be surprised how many people you realize that other people that you know also know them. And you have all these different connections in this network. That's why it's called a network because it's like a net. Um, like I, I just learned that the person who like the first game designer I ever met 
knows somebody else that we had on our podcast and they're working together on something <laughs> right now. And they also did a LARP that I, that I was in. I probably met them. I just didn't know it because I was in a costume and so were they like, there's all <laughs> these little like kinds of connections and it's really fun to bring other people in and introduce them like, Hey, this is my friend or my acquaintance who so-and-so who does art. And I wanted to introduce you like, Hey, here's another person in games. Now they have this point of connection and it's so fun to see all the little webs, like you said, <laughs> like go out. It's, it's, a, it's community and humans are social creatures. We like to, you know, we, we are in a social industry because you have to play with other people most of the time, unless you're playing only solo RPGs and, you know, we want to meet other people. People like people. <laughs> Yeah, and Pete, I think that you are you're particularly good at I don't know. I've I've seen you at conventions and things and you're always so open and friendly and you always make it a, a point, I've noticed, to bring people in and engage with people and make sure everyone is heard. And I've I appreciated that like the first time we ever met. I, I felt like you you made it a real point to get me involved. Yeah, I you know, I I've because I've been there, right? So I, I, I try to you try to make things better than what you, you know, the, the way that you walked up, right? Like you just try to improve everything that you touch. Um, and people's lives, like I know what it, like when Craig is like, hey, I, I really like games. How do I talk to people? I've been there too, right? Like you, you know these feelings. Uh, you've been that character, right? Like um, so just trying to pay attention to that. You know, sometimes it's it's on people's faces, but you're looking down, you know, like you just being like, hey, so-and-so's over there. They'd really like a seat at a table and they could sit at ours like, hey, Craig, would you like to take a seat over here? Um, but yeah, and knowing where you're at, like, Craig, you mentioned, you know, hey, we're at a game store or we're at a game convention or we're in an indie game booth. Like, you probably already like this stuff. Mm -hmm. Why am and I not trying to show you everything we got? Because like you're here for a reason. You're that person. And remember that socially inept thing we all talked about um, earlier in the, in, the, in the episode? Like when you go up to just start the conversation up with somebody, there's a very good chance they're nervous to talk to you too. Yeah. yeah. There's a very good chance of that. Um, there are some serious extroverts in, in the industry, but there are, they, are, they, are the, they are the minority by quite a, a wide margin. There's a lot of people that are kind of like, oh, somebody just talked to me. <laughs> and so you, you can both kind of get through that together. Um, something that strikes me that important to realize is, and this, this took me a little while to kind of fathom and really, I started to think about it quite a bit at one point too, is there's no such thing as one industry, one RPG industry. There's like 50 and they all like, imagine, you know, everybody knows the Venn diagram, right? What the Venn diagram looks like. Imagine a whole bunch of those, like, you know, all these little circles that kind of overlap. Some of them overlap a lot. Some of them overlap just a little bit. You know, there's the people that are like hardcore into, you know, they, all they do is really work on D and D or just on Pathfinder or one other, you know, this other game or that other game. There's people who are like, I love indie games, but then there's also people who are like, well, I love indie games, but mostly PBTA games. And then there's people who are like, I'm mostly into solo and most, I'm, I mostly do lyric games and, like there's, so when you start to reach out, you're probably going to reach out, you know, it's likely that you'll be, you'll be reaching out to people that do kind of stuff similar to the type of stuff that you're interested in doing. Um, and you'll kind of get a, a network kind of built there and you'll, you'll meet some people there, but you will also find ways to 
to learn about like, oh, well, this person who I just met here who really is into indie stuff, but they also like they're, they're uh, you know, they know a bunch of people who do um, solo games that are like lo love talking about solo games. And so now I've got it into that. So like you're, it's like the, the networking is like, you can kind of think of it like you're moving between lounges, between different rooms um, sometimes where there's going to be like little conglomerations of people that are into certain things. So you can start in, in and I found myself doing this, like realizing like I've, I've, I know a bunch of people in games, but I really only kind of know people in this cluster and I want to meet people in more clusters. That's so what's I, great about this to, podcast. You have to make an attempt to, to, to reach out that way, but you've got your foot in the door with some people so that they can help you and you can help them find other things too. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm stuck on the, the vulnerability thing. Cause that's like, that's <laughs> it. That's the key piece to it, but it's like, it's, it's very basic, but it's not simple at all. Cause it is kind of scary to fear to is hard. Out. It is. Fear is hard. Like it's just, you both have me thinking of like a, we, we need like this dating metagame <laughs> where everything you do has a mechanic that relates to dating. <laughs> like, I've been thinking about this on multiple occasions of like, okay, you go to walk up and whether it's the gen like I, maybe you play Starcross to do this, like whatever game you're doing, but it was just funny because how many times we've talked about having to take that, that first step and say the thing and maybe stand around just a little too long, but in a good way, because then the conversation picks up again. Like, okay, I said, hi, you said, hi, we're both looking at each other weird. And then we realized, oh yeah, we can talk about this. Now we're hitting it off. You know, that's okay. I know there's um, at, at conventions, sometimes bigger conventions, they have um, like game publisher speed dating where somebody <laughs> who's designed a game and come in and talk to a publisher and you just go down the table and you can talk to different publishers for like five or 10 minutes or whatever it is. Has anybody ever done that just for general like game design designers? Like you just use 20 people sign up and there's 10 people on this side and then 10 people on that side and there's 10 tables and they one side just <laughs> rotates down and you get to just talk to different people and you sit down and you talk games for 10 minutes with that person. Like, no, okay, well, like what, what kind of stuff do you yeah. do? What kind of stuff do you do? And it's here's my card here's your card next and just like you could <laughs> meet a whole bunch of people really quickly that way <laughs> you, you put a very interesting spin on it too because it's so true that you find your niche even in the, the bigger niche of role-playing games you yeah. find like cool i like rules light and like you know the last five years i like non-pbta non-forge in the dark you know like everybody has these slices of where they are oh i i, I like forge in the dark I'm still in, a fit in the faint bandwagon. I'm over here with Powered by the Apocalypse. I'm in the OSR, but the newer OSR, like the 2010s, you know, like, <laughs> no, but it's, it's very legitimate. Like everyone's yeah. got theirs. And sometimes they don't have a label. But like, like I said, like my first one was like, I'm the new modern. I'm not me particularly, but you're right. Like, like I, I don't like the labels. I like the, the rules, light, new, innovative stuff that's not labeled yet. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I like cards. I like, you know, I like the box set games. Um, we live in this super hyper-focused, super specialized, you know, scalpel using slice of gaming. And when we talk about networking, that's a, it's kind of a big topic um, because Huge. you meet people all the time, you hit it off and then you realize, but we're not really lined up. We're just a little off. Um, like that's as far as this conversation kind of gets us because like now I go off and I play my games and you go off and you play your games and we're cool and we had a good conversation, but like, we're not in the same, uh, we're in the same tribe, but we don't hang out in the same tent, you know, like, um, which is, 
I, I mean, I know both of you have had this experience because it's sure. just happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, the, the thing that you can take away from that is even if you, you meet somebody, you learn a bit, a little bit about what they do, they learn about what you do, but they, and, and you both do kind of different things, but now you like, you know, that person, if you, or you've met the person and try to keep track of that. Like, and I realized like you might need to take notes. Some people's memories aren't that great. People will forget, but you know, like down the road, like you see all oh, the, here's a game that that person, I met this person. Now they worked on this game, you know, a year later or whatever. And I, I, I looking at the book and I love the artist. Like, can that person put me in touch with that artist? Yeah. yeah. Like even if you like you, you know, like you and that other game designer didn't really click in as far as like, you know, potential collaboration or all that sort, that sort of thing or talking design because you do you do two different things. There's still like a, a tenuous connection that you can potentially like they'll, they'll help you find this person. I've done that myself. I've, I've asked people like who, who like, can you introduce me to the artist or the other person that worked on this or like, who did the layout for that? I, I was just going to say the little part of that is, again, expectations like it's okay when you're networking for not everyone to come out as your new best friend. Like you can have a good conversation, meet someone interesting, not hit it on all the marks. I mean, like, and have networked, grown your network uh, and put yourself out there. But yeah, I I think it could also be very easy to be like, Oh, I finally met so-and-so and and I've been waiting for so long and they were kind (laughs) of a dick, but you know, the conversation went well and you know, and that'd be like, Remember that the goal of networking isn't to make a whole new crew of best friends. Like mm-hmm. it's just about meeting new people, learning what they're doing, showing them what you're doing and growing that network of people around you and that know uh, that you know of one another, you know. But if you become good friends with some people, that's okay too. That just opens don't, just the don't door. expect I mean, that. <laughs> that's where really things happen, right? Is when you hit it off with people. But that, you know, networking doesn't necessarily mean hitting it off with everyone. And that's okay. That's yeah. totally, there's a lot more people you will not super hit it off with. And oh. that's okay. And to totally. that end, you meet somebody, you get along, you think you get along really well. They may not feel the same way. If you try <laughs> yeah. to, if you try to keep, a, you know, like make it, make it a deep, a, a, a bigger friendship, make it a bigger thing. And they, you know, they don't seem to be responding to you that way. You know, take a hint, understand um, that, you know. Like the, like the new best friend thing, it, it goes yeah. both, you know, it goes both ways. It's gotta be both people have to kind of be on board with that. Um, you know, and so, and, and in fact, if that happens, it happens. You, it's not like you've spent, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours. And now this person doesn't want to talk to you anymore or, or is not, you know, only kind of gives you two sentence responses in emails and things like that. But yeah, it be, it, I think it's it, when it comes to networking too, just this segues into be respectful of the time and the habits when people are taking meals, like just things that you're running into with people, like, you know, don't interrupt somebody eating unless you know that it's okay to 100% sure to know that it's okay to interrupt a, a person's meal. Sometimes you can read in body language, like two people are having a very serious conversation and they're really focused. Like they've turned their chairs toward each other. They're not facing out in any way. They're not, you know, they're, they're not in a relaxed open, inviting kind of posture. Like, you know, just try to be respectful. If somebody says, I really have to go, that means they have to go. Don't assume that they're just saying that to end the conversation or anything silly like that. They may literally just have to go. Um, so just be respectful. And, and 
Um, and we get to boundaries too, Jess, which we talked about as, you know, game designer having boundaries is like when, if you've got to go, <laughs> like mm-hmm. just, just, say, you know, apologize, say, I'm sorry, but I really do have to get going because I have another event or I've got to get back to the hotel or I got to go home or. Yeah. I got a, you know, like I, perfect example. I tried Pete and Jess are both in my network. I tried to get Pete to come on this podcast 20 minutes early. Pete said, can't do it. <laughs> um, I'm watching the kid right now yep. <laughs> and I'm, I'm primary parent. And that's where the, you know, it's like, all right. And that, that's kind of what I was going to say too, is that you don't know when you catch people, like at a convention, if it's a great example, your people are around the whole time, like 24 seven, that person could have worked the booth all day, just got out of three games, had a, a bad game, got a bad phone call, is trying to talk to their family. Um, game designers, like all of us, this is a second or third job for most of us, sometimes <laughs> fourth or fifth, you know? So um, we got a lot going on and it just could be a bad time. You know, we're just people. Yeah. There's a tool that they used on the Joko cruise when I went and they had these little pins. I so want to go on that. Oh I, my gosh. I'm going 2020. Alex. I so want to go on that. It's amazing. I highly recommend it was the best time. Um, and it was my first ever cruise, but they had these pins. They said, yes. And no, yes. I want to talk and make friends right now or no, please don't bother me pins. And like, you could look instantly and see like, oh, that person might be open to conversation or no, I'm not going to bug that person right now. Now I know that's not necessarily realistic all the time, <laughs> but like for us, like that's such a, that's such an interesting tool to have to signal outwardly, especially for people who can't like, you know, they struggle reading the body language or they struggle, sure. you know, with some of those social situations whether like for various reasons, having that clear signal. That has, that has strong Brazilian steakhouse vibes. Where you, you <laughs> flip, flip the card yeah. over and it's like, yes, bring me more meat. Yes. <laughs> I, w- I would like more meat. Yes, thank you. Okay, that's yeah. enough. I'll turn the card over. I've got plenty. <laughs> but yeah, like, and, and you can, you can, you know, even those of us who are socially awkward can start to pick up on those things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and ask if you're there with somebody, ask them, say, I want to really talk to that person, but they, do they look like they're kind of up for talking? And it's like, and you look over there and you see that like, oh, there's like five people on they're all kind of sitting back and they're just like lounging and they're all chit chatting. And there's like three different conversations going on at once. Like they're probably okay. If somebody walk up and say hi, but if somebody is like, you know, head down in a laptop, yeah they might be handling some business. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait till they close the laptop. Something too that needs just be, just needs to be said is like, you can always walk up to somebody. And I mean, if you're at a place where you probably, like we said, the game store, if you're at public, a convention yeah. or you're at, uh, you know, some kind of event, like a, a, a meetup for game designers or game writers or something, like you can always be like, hey, uh, when do you get some time? Can we talk? I'd love to talk to you about something like whatever it is. That's true. Because um, yep. most of the time, like Craig, I know I've probably seen you do this too, where if somebody says, something, you're like, yeah, I got time right now. Like, I mean, because most of us are really happy and giving with our time, especially we're here at a place like this to, to <laughs> be a part of that. Um, or if we're busy, we're like, you just made it very easy for us to be like, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe tomorrow or like, can I give you my number? Or here's my card or whatever it is. Like, hey, shoot me an email. And we'll, we'll do a video call because like this weekend's crazy. But it also sometimes helps like making it not be the awkward, like I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Like, just <laughs> right this second's really bad for me right now. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'd love to. And, and sometimes you then ha- have that stronger, you know, ending, right? Like we end right. on a good note instead. It's like, yeah, we will definitely talk later because I might be talking like maybe right now at this table where you sat down, 
there's, there is some five conversations going on, right? It's not the time for me to talk to you specifically, but, um, but mm-hmm. like, I'm, I, Jess, I mean, do you feel the same way? It seems like most of the time in people who you think are really busy and important, they can, if you, if you let, if you let them know it's important to you, they'll make time. They just have to figure out when, right? So. Mm-hmm. And there's no harm in following up too. If someone gives you their card, follow up. I mean, that's what those business cards are for. They're not supposed to just be um, suitcase sprinkles. <laughs> bookmarks. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. I love them for bookmarks. That's so true. Um, on a related note, uh, if you're doing things via social media, this is something I always have to remind myself. I am a respond to the DM or respond to the email super fast person. I love, I, I just like being incredibly responsive, but not everybody that I DM or yeah. email is going to respond back to me that, you know, in, in five minutes later or that hour or that day, mm-hmm. um, be aware that like, you know, you don't assume that you're being snubbed, like give the person some time, um, follow up, you know, a few days, you know, if you haven't heard in a few days, you follow up a few days later and say, Hey, just, you know, and I, I've, I've done the, the, uh, the thing where if, if I'm following up a second or third time, I'll even tell the person, I'd be like, I have no idea if you're super busy. If you are, that's cool. Shoot me a quick email to say, I'm, I'll get to, I'll get back to you eventually. And I'll stop bugging you. I won't, I won't follow up again. Like you can, you can do the courtesy of not, you know, dropping multiple emails or DMs at people and just let them know, just, Hey, you just, just let me know when you're ready. I have this brain thing where if it is out of my sight, it is out of my mind. Um, like it does not exist anymore <laughs> sometimes. Uh, and that happens to me a lot. If I open up an email and then I don't have like the, the wherewithal at that moment to respond. And now that email notification is no longer there. So the email doesn't exist for me anymore. Yeah. And that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem with me with business cards too. You give me your business card, it goes in my pocket and it is gone. Uh, <laughs> I had to make a really conscious decision. Um, like I have to be like, it takes a lot of brain power to remember like, oh yeah, I wanted to follow with this person. I should do that. Like I have to. And sometimes even if I'm really thinking about it, it still goes away that it can be really hard, uh, for people like me to follow up and remember to follow up. Uh, so keep that in mind too, if you're following up with somebody and, or if they don't follow up with you, you might have to, you might have to be the person who nudges just a bit. Um, I I can't teach you how to find out when that nudging is because (laughs) they don't want to talk to you. Like that's a, that's a whole social thing. (laughs) Well, Uh, it's, it's, that's the type of thing you like when you're friends with somebody, you maybe know like, okay, this person isn't going to respond immediately. (laughs) Um, but like with somebody that's like, you just kind of met. Um, or you barely know from social media, talk to five minutes at a convention. Like you don't know that stuff yet. So you, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. And more often you lean towards the, like, I I emailed them once and they didn't respond in two weeks. I guess they they hate my guts. (laughs) Like like, almost anybody you message, like you should at least follow up at least one time. Yeah. Yeah. Like like what Jess said, like we're human. They they even maybe hit the notification. Didn't know. Mm -hmm. Like, or they, they opened two emails, like the when they opened their email, it was already on that one. So it opened that one and then they moved to the thing that they were trying to check. Mm-hmm. Like, or it went to a spam folder. Like we've all had stuff mm-hmm. go to a spam folder. Um, yeah, like it's, you don't know how people work, whether it's Facebook Messenger or Discord messages or whatever they're using, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's no, nobody's got perfect timetable. Some people are like 24 hours for email. Some people are like a week, you know, like it just. Yeah. 
and some people it varies <laughs> <laughs> yeah varies on what and everyone it varies on what they're doing right mm -hmm. I, I think you know one of the things i was going to mention is like i always keep an app on my phone and uh, you know one of the things that helps me is i hate when i talk to somebody and we have a good conversation and then like three hours later i see them and i want to talk to them about something and i don't remember their name um or they come to talk to me and I'm like the whole time, like, God, what is their name? It starts with a J. Um, hey, you know, buddy. Right? Oh, that's why hey, the, con you. the convention name tags, the badges are so helpful for me. You know like, that thing spin backwards. You it's know always, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, what I do is I keep a little app on my phone. And a lot of times uh, I, if I talk to somebody uh, and I, I try to make a habit of it is I write down people's names. So if nothing else, like I'll be like so-and-so or like, especially if it's like somebody I like, I really like, and they tell me like their spouse's name or something, I'll write that down too. Um, I may not remember always when I look at my notes later, but it's really helpful when like six hours later, I'm like, oh, well, it was from this morning. So it's one of these three names. And like, oh, and I knew it started with J. So this was obviously Joseph. I thought it was John, but it's Joseph, you know? Um, and that goes for uh, learning your habits, like with email, like you said, like I make sure if I, I, I always flag my stuff uh, that I need to come back to. So if I do have to read it right now, I click the flag and then, you know, I make, whether it's a little checklist note of like, okay, respond to this. Um, because then later when I get back to it, like when, when I'm looking for the things I need to do, I might find that there's three things I flagged uh, between then and now. So trying to learn, be a better you, right? Like, okay. Because <laughs> I've, I've had different times in my life where I'm really good with names and then parts where I'm not. Right. And it's kind of a skill, like just part of your brain isn't focusing on that right now. So how do I supplement that? Well, you got a phone with you all the time. Um, having a simple checklist ad, app or even a notepad app, you know, can help you a lot. Game whole con, name, name, name. And then if there's a lot <laughs> like Friday, you know, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, my biggest my biggest tool is that I have a, a, an extroverted partner. And he will, if, if I want to talk to somebody, he will talk to them. So that's always great too. But now I don't want to, now everyone has that. Get yourself an extroverted partner and it's, it works out really well. It reminds me of how I met your mother. Yeah. Right? The, what was, I can't think of the guy's name, but he was like, have you met so-and-so? It's like Craig or, uh, I can't Have think of you it. met Ted? Yes. Thank you. Have you met Ted? <laughs> have you met Ted? Have you met Ted? Ted Mosby, architect. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, this has been a really fun conversation and everything, but we are like almost 15 minutes past the time that we had oh. set for our deadline. So I want to make sure that we honor our time and start wrapping up here. Pete, you just had a very successful Kickstarter. Thank you. Yeah. So congratulations on that. Uh, tell us a little bit about your socials and where people can find you and anything you want to plug. Sure. Yeah. So that's Chew the Role-Playing Game. It's really cool. It's based on the Image comic book series. Uh, it's a foodie crime drama that... Uh, is in the, we're using the Forge and Dark rules. So it's a foodie crime trauma about cops, crooks, cooks, cannibals, and clairvoyants in a clucked up world because chicken <laughs> is prohibited. Um, yeah, you can find all my social stuff uh, at imagininggames.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at IG underscore Pete, and you'll find the Facebook page and all the good stuff. We sell a, a, a lot of products, award-winning stuff at the shop on the web store um, with free priority shipping which is helpful in the holidays. Oh yeah. Especially nowadays with the, the 
the lovely shipping problems. Yeah, that yeah it's like free, free priority mail shipping, which is great, except for priority mail is going to become less priority soon. Mm. But, but, you know, the, the post office can only do what they can do. Uh, you can find me at wannabegames.com or on Twitter at, at Joska. Uh, and I have a Kickstarter coming up at bit.ly forward slash means of magic with a K at the end of magic. And that is for my upcoming Kickstarter. Thanks again. When's it launch? November 16th. And I'm Craig Campbell. I'm at NerdBurgerCraig on the Twitters. Uh, website is NerdBurgerGames.com. And I have games available at DriveThruRPG.com as well. Oh, and you know what? I always forget to do this, but I should mention that our opening and closing theme is called Avel. It's by Steph Sachs. It was licensed under a Creative Commons license, which I really appreciate. Thank you, Steph Sachs. Awesome. And thank you all for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.